This is the Mobile Tech Podcast, brought to you by worldpodcasts.com. Now here's your host, tech girl, Miriam Jouar. Hi, and welcome to the Mobile Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Miriam Jouar, and today is Tuesday, February 12th, 2019, and my guest is no other than Elena Stone of Geekspin. Hi, Elena. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, I was like, I haven't had you in a while, and it's always fun to have you on. So I'm really excited to have you. Well, I'm glad I didn't scare you off the last time. No, why would you? Come on. You know your phones, you know your mobile tech, you know your laptops and all that good stuff. Um, speaking of, uh, you went to the G7, Moto G7 launch uh, briefing event thing in New York. I, I couldn't go because New York. Um, and I would love to hear your take on the three G7 phones that you got to play with. Well, sure. Well, you know, like the G7 family, in a way, it's one of the most iconic yet underrated smartphone families. Totally. Because it, it, it really invented like the budget smartphone that didn't suck, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's, and it, but then at the same time, you kind of like forget about it because everybody talks about flagships, flagships, right? I know. Um, and but yet like it's still like a it's I think it's Motorola's best selling phone. Am I correct with that logic? I feel like I heard that somewhere. But either way, it's it's definitely one of Motorola's most successful handsets in recent years. Um, I still don't get why they have three different flavors. To me, it's too much. I would like two flavors of a phone, but that's just me. In the um, past, yeah. it's been two, right? I think they've always had a play version and then the regular. But this time, they added this new. What is it, power version? Yeah, so I'm not sure. Because um, I do feel like with Motorola, they tend to have lots of different models. Uh, and sometimes like they'll have like an extra variation that will come out in like South America or like, you know, overseas and not necessarily right. in the US. That's right. That's what it was like last year with the G6, which I reviewed for Geekspin, actually. Right, exactly. Um, so, but yeah, it seems like all three of these handsets, as far as I know, are going to be coming to the US. Um, I, I haven't heard otherwise anyway. Um, and they're all, you know, they're all priced between 199 to 299. So they're really targeting that budget segment, but they're pushing, they're kind of like going after a little bit of the OnePlus crowd as well. Um, at least with the 299, I think that they're like getting up there. Um, and when you look at the G7, which is at the top of the line from this new family, it's, it's a pretty sweet phone. Like it almost can compete with the likes of the OnePlus. Right, um, and, and I think that's what makes it such a good value that for two ninety nine you're getting a really pretty sweet phone. Yeah, I got the feeling from you know living vicariously through all of your coverage, yours and others uh, that went to the briefing that the they're going a little more upmarket. I mean, as much as you can with a mid range phone, of course. But because last year, you know, when I reviewed the G six regular for you guys, it was uh, basically just uh, you know what is it two fifty or so. So it was kind of more occupied by what the f- uh, the power one is occupying this year, right? Sure. Well, you know, when I I was when I was when I had my hands on with the phones, um, one thing that like that struck me right away was that there's a really big difference when you hold the G7 Play to when you hold the the G7. Um, like it's it's a drastic drastic difference. Like the the feel. Um, the finish, it just, the G7 feels like so much more of a premium phone. So really, as you're going up for like with $100 in price, 
you're getting a very drastically different experience. I mean, it's definitely the one to get the G7, it seems like. Let's actually go over some of the specs real quick, right? So the thing about the G7 series this year is that unlike previous G series, which as you pointed out, is one of the best selling lineups and one of the kind of darling of the media in terms of its... Uh, a bang for the buck, right? We all love the G series because it's such a it's a year to year has been great phones all along, right? Um, it's now got um uh, the same processor, right? Uh, on all on all of them, which I think is really quite interesting. Um, I didn't. I thought so too. I thought it was an interesting move on their part, but I guess that's how they managed to keep costs down. Yeah, and then they varied the num the amount of RAM from um two on the base on the play to three on the the power to uh to four on 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 the actual G7 the three hundred dollar one, which I really th thought I thought that was really interesting. You know, like I was like, wow, okay. Um, also, sorry to two gigs off, is not very much, right? It's not. Um, <laughs> it, it's it's not enough, but it's a one ninety nine phone. But it's weird because, you know, the Snapdragon 632, by the way, that's the chip that's powering all three, is kind of like a pretty damn decent processor. And I feel that it's going to choke on two gigs of RAM. Like, I don't yeah. even think you want that. Yeah, I mean, it, that's an interesting point. I, I didn't play with it enough because I, I was focused more on the G7 because it was prettier. Of course, <laughs> so yeah. So I'm, I'm guilty of that. Um, but yeah, I think that that's something that's really going to come out when you, when you actually get to testing the device. Yeah. So then the other thing is interesting is that, of course, the, G the G7 Play is smaller and it's made of plastic um, and it has uh, a single camera in the back, correct? And a 720p display. It's a six. Uh, it's uh, no, actually, the, the power also has a 720p. So it's a 5.7 inch 720p display on the Play. And it's plastic, not metal, this phone. Yeah. And that's probably um, why it feels so different when, when as you said. It, it doesn't feel bad on its own until you, you compare it to like the G7 and then you're like, yeah, they're just completely <laughs> different ball games there. It's just not the same at all. Right. So we've got basically a 5.7 inch 720p display in a plastic case with a notch and quite a bit of a, of a chin. That's the, the base model, the 200. And that's two gigs of RAM on a Snapdragon a 632. And I'm trying to look up the camera details here. I don't see them anywhere, but it's got a single camera. So it'll be interesting to see how that pans out. I think it's just like a generic 13 megapixel single rear camera on the, the G7 Play. You know, I, I don't recall offhand, and I think that's because just lately, when it comes to like megapixel numbers, they don't mean anything. So I've oh, kind cares, of stopped, right? to pay, yeah. stopped paying attention. It's you have to use the phone and, and re to really see the performance. Numbers mean nothing nowadays. But I mean, what I'm saying is generally like, you know, there's only a handful of sensors. The 13 megapixel sensors are, are relatively ch the cheapish ones that are generally used by, uh, by, oh. um, the, by Moto. Whereas the 12, even though it's got less megapixels, usually a larger sensor with larger pixels. It's, you know, um, for a while, I think one of the Motos and the G series, uh, two or three generations back, used the same uh, sensor as the Pixel AK or the uh, Nexus at the time. Oh wow! Which wasn't a bad sensor. Or uh, sorry, the same Pixel. Uh, it was a, it was a G5. The G5, Moto G5, used the same sensor as the Galaxy S7 at the time. Wow. 
Yeah, not bad, right? So yeah. my point is, you know, like that, that I agree with you that you can't like put any like obviously image processing is even more important than the soft the software is more important than the hardware in many times, right? Look at what the pixel can do. Um but I'm saying like generally you can get a good feel. Like if you 13 is generally that's a cheaper sensor. If you see 12, it's a generally a higher quality sensor. If you see 16, it could go either way. There's a whole bunch of 16 megapixel sensors and 20 is the same thing. So so to me, uh, I'm not sure I'd want to spend $200 on that G7 Play for that two gigs of RAM, 720p display and, you know, small camera. I feel like there are better values to be had out there. For example, um, you know, and again, this is subjective because you have to look at the software, right? These are, the, the Moto has really light-handed software on their phones. It's very, you know, pure Android. So it's really, really great that way, right? Yeah. And they get updates pretty regularly. So, but I was going to say, like, I recently played with the ZT Blade Max View and Blade Max 2S, which are around the same price. And I feel like, you know, you, you get more phone with these uh, for the money, but at the same time, you know, are they going to get updated and you have to deal with the software and they are only running Snapdragon 435. So they're, you know, you're not going to, you're going to get much more performance out of the play, even the seven play. I totally hear you. I mean, I played with those also with the ZTEs and they look great. They felt great. Like they really, really were impressive for their price point, but under but the, the software, hood, yeah. yeah. And, and the hardware specs on the processor. Yeah. So then the other thing is, um, they all have USB-C, which is great. All have headphone jacks. They all have an eight megapixel front camera. And then let's talk about the power one because it's interesting because the name power implies, you know, horsepower, but it's not. <laughs> it's about battery life, hence power as in like power consumption. So it's got a 5,000 milliamp hour battery, which is kind of amazing and insane to me. It's, it's funny that you, you said that when you like, power to you meant something else because that's exactly what i was thinking i'm like oh <laughs> oh it must have a better processor or like you know no and then it was it was the battery so it was an i thought that was an interesting naming convention for them um but yeah no the 5000 like i would love for that to be a new standard everywhere please <laughs> i mean 4000 is starting to become pretty popular on some flagships now and we're getting very close with the others 37 3800 4, so you're gonna say that's not quite as big as five but i think you know 5000 with that 632 processor is gonna be like a champ you're gonna run three days on that phone no problem i'm sure of it and like you said plus their software tends to be generally very clean so it's probably going to be really pretty well optimized for battery life right so in addition to the crazy battery uh, it does, you know, it, it does uh, uh, improve in terms of build quality and construction and materials. It has a 6.2 inch display, but it's only 720p with a notch and it has three gigs of RAM. So one more gig of RAM, 32 gigs of storage, I think is the base on all of them. Um, and so that's what you get that, or oh, you get a 12 megapixel. So slightly better potentially camera on the back, but it's a single camera on the back. But that brings us to me, you know, I, I really think that, once it starts getting discounted around the $250 price point, which is inevitable in the next few months, the G7, like the, the, the flagship of the three, is going to be the one to beat, right? Because you're going to get a 1080p display with a teardrop notch, 6.2 inch. You're going to get dual cameras in the back, the same 12 megapixel as the power, but with the 5 megapixel for depth and portrait. And you're going to get um 15 watt turbocharger uh, fast charge and you're gonna get 
a pretty decent 3000 milliamp hour battery and of course four gigs of ram so that to me would be the one i would go for if you're shopping around and you're right at that point like remember how i wrote the g6 review and i was like do you really want to spend double for a one plus six right yeah you're i mean with the g7 you're getting nearly it's as the same good. here it's yeah. like do you want to spend double close to double for the one point the one plus 60 or something like the honor view 20 which is a great little phone um i don't know i'm not i'm not convinced i'm always a big fan of the g series and so i'm looking forward to getting my hand on it i've uh, requested a review in it i don't presume they gave you devices to play with did they no 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 not yet not yet so um I don't know. I think I'm excited. I'm surprised they decided to launch these before MWC. I felt that would have been good material for MWC, huh? Yeah, but that seems to be the trend, right? I mean, Samsung's doing it. They uh, decided to announce yeah. their S10 launch just a few days before MWC. That was like a complete Messing shock for everyone me. up. This is like the third podcast, my third guest that we're bitching about it now. Yeah, because like, I mean, it's, it's such it's, a disaster. It's a total disaster. And it's not like they did it in London. Like, it's a little like, you know, hop on, hop off on the way there. It's no, it's the complete other direction. <laughs> so uh, they basically just screwed a lot of journalists from being able to make it. Yeah, it's terrible. But, you know, we'll live and we'll bring you the news. Don't worry. Uh, I'm sure we'll all have the stuff for you at some point. Um, but I'm looking forward to get this G7. I'm not sure if I would want the power or the play personally to even review at this point. Give me the real thing, and hopefully it drops in price. I think three hundred is a little too high for this, but two fifty would be freaking perfect. Two forty nine plus tax is what I'd sell this for. I agree with you. It'd totally be great. I think right now maybe Moto is kind of like going, "Hey, you know, we've got such a successful line with the G series, and everybody loves it. Maybe we can charge a little bit of a premium for it." And I think that's not the right model for this phone. Like, I think you should. Stick with the original formula, Moto. Make it cheap, cheap, cheap. That's I hear my... you, but it, but it really does feel premium. I'll I'll give them that. Oh yeah, but I mean the G six last year was insanely premium. I mean, I I'm now that we know they can do it at that price point, I'm like I'm not surprised, right? Sure. Yeah. I mean, what other uh, you know? Actually, speaking of of phones in that price point price range that I think are interesting. Do you remember at SCS, one of the first briefings we, I don't know if you got briefed on this, but one of the first briefings was Alcatel and they showed us uh, the new three, uh, three Alcatel three phones and they look pretty awesome for them for the money. Honestly, um, I don't think they have processors this good. I think what Moto manages to do here is bring a 600 series Snapdragon to a price point of 200 to $300, which is really amazing. Yeah. You know, uh I, I didn't see the Alcatels. Um, I didn't get a hands-on with them. Uh, I missed that one. I think they um, were kind of like the ZTs. They felt really great in hand, you know? Got it. But I'm not sure about like the software and the specs. You know, I don't think the processors are as good. They're probably running MediaTeks or something. So it's pretty much a question of, do, do you care about what's inside the book cover or what's on the outside, right? And I mean, yeah. And I think, you know, Modos, I think... a better known, most possibly more trusted brand than the other two. And then you've got the pure Android angle, like almost pure Android and getting updates. So it's, it's hard, it's hard to say no to these. Um, as I just feel like I would be happier to have a bit more RAM on the base model and a little bit less, like if they were like 179 or 189 even, um, and then 
you know, 229 and 249 or 259 even. And then you had a, you had three gigs as the bottom line on, on the, on the cheap one. I would be like, yeah, you nailed it. I, you know? I totally agree with you. I, ju- I just wonder like, what are the margins on that? <laughs> but there must, well, they must be there. I, I have no idea. I have I no idea. Neither do I. I don't think I'm going to worry about that. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> oh man. Crazy stuff. Um, what other phones have you played with potentially in the last year that you felt were good for the money? The other one that comes to mind, maybe you had a chance to try out, was the Honor 8X. Yeah, the 8X is an excellent budget smartphone. It, it continues to impress me. It's, it's definitely, you know, I, I think until the, the G7 came, this new G7 came out, that would have been my favorite in like the budget smartphone but did it work for you because i got one that wasn't a u.s model because i don't think they make a u.s model and it doesn't work on anything but edge so i can't really use it i know so yeah there's issues with the bands for u.s users but the phone overall was just oh my god it's amazing yeah yeah uh it's a shame and 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 we loved it i loved it um but then it was like well u.s users are out of luck it's such a shame so i took it with me to taipei last uh, november uh, I was like, since it won't work in the US, I know it'll work abroad. So let me actually spend a week using it um, properly with a local SIM card in, in Asia. And I did. And it was it was a great experience. It's, it's just too bad. Like in the past, uh, Honor has always released a version of these phones for the US market. And this year with the whole Huawei climate and the politics that are involved, it's like, doesn't look like it's going to happen, which is really a bummer. Yeah, I was wondering about that. Like we haven't, like i mean with the view 22 um which is another fantastic phone like, it's what's great isn't on? it yeah i love that phone honestly uh you know we've talked about this phone so much on the podcast but i think we should do a tangent because i would love to think what you uh, hear what you think most importantly my take is that i actually like it better and it's uh, this is a very you know very kind of delicate subject i like it better than one plus sixteen. So I can't give a definitive answer because I, I haven't reviewed it. Um, I've only played with it. Um, but I can see what you mean about that. I mean, I, I love the, I love the basically just the little hole notch, you know, like a little hole punch. It excuse is me. so beautiful. Yeah, that's, that's, all, and my understanding is the camera's amazing. It's um, pretty good. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, for me, it's the same story as all Huawei and Honor phones, right? It's like, well, you got the software, this EMUI, where they call it Magic UI now, but it's the same thing. And it's just like, eh, you know, you put another launch on it and you're okay, but like, will it update? At least it launched out of the box with Pi, which is great. But will it get updates? You know, the Mate series, like the Mate 20 Pro I have, have got, has received a lot of updates. So I'm pretty happy with uh, Huawei's track record on updates. But will Honor follow th- suit with a v- the View 20? I don't know. I hope so. That's my biggest concern right now because honestly, I can kind of get over the skinning because I can use my own launcher. Um, but the design, the display, uh, the I, I think hole punch is the way to go if you, you know, short of having some sort of weird slider thing, if you want, like oh, the notch yeah. just gets in the way. Once you've experienced hole punch, like you can watch a video <laughs> on that back. and that hole is in the corner at the bottom. You don't even notice it. It's not a really a problem at all anymore. You know? I, 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 again, I haven't, I haven't, I've had a hands-on, I haven't reviewed it, but like, I totally see that being like, it's like, you just don't, you don't want to go back after you've had that. Totally. And then, you know, 
the camera, as you said, is, I mean, it's not like made 20 or pixel grade. It's very good. It does some things very uniquely that, you know, as I touched on the podcast uh, last week, uh, it's like, you, you know, it does, uh, Jaime was my guest, uh, we, you know, Jaime Rivera pocket now. And, and we both have had the phone for a while. And it's interesting because it's like, it has this weird, crazy 48 megapixel mode where it does multiple photos, kind of like night mode, but for daytime. And it gives you these incredibly detailed 48 megapixel shots at the end. Wow. And that's kind of its point. It's kind of a bit of a one trick pony for that, but because the rest of it is good. I mean, don't get me wrong, but so is the OnePlus 6T. I mean, the camera on OnePlus 6T is improved quite a bit since launch, in my opinion, in terms of software. They've really, they're really fine tuning it. And it's, you know, it's not, again, not Pixel 3 or Mate 20 quite there, but... If you look at Engadget's review of the of the uh, OnePlus 6T, they finally published a review recently. Richard Lai took it for a spin in Hong Kong for, for several weeks, and he took a lot of comparison photos with the Pixel 3 and the Mate 20 Pro. And I'm surprised how well the 6T held its own there. It was mm. amazing, actually. Uh, I, I actually, I, I'm, I'm not that surprised. It's weird, the 6T, I've noticed it, that sometimes it just will take better photos than the other phones in certain exactly. conditions yeah and that's exactly what he found too and i'm surprised by that because i haven't really put them side by side so much but i've kind of always defaulted to be like ah you know i'll take photos with one plus 60 if you know without thinking too much but if i have something really important i will pull out my pixel or my mate 20 pro you know um it's kind of the same with the view 20 i feel like the view 20 is um kind of like okay overall but then it has that one trick of the the super high quality, the some clarity mode, whatever they call it, um, 48 megapixel, and that just blows your mind. It's like wow. Sure. Well, I, I find like for my my most well-rounded <laughs> camera smartphone, it's the Mate 20 Pro. Because it pretty much does oh everything God, yeah. really well. Um, but the pixel still just those portraits those are just portraits like on mind selfies the selfies yeah. like the one plus 60 and the view 20 don't even come remotely close to right. what even the mate 20 pro forget selfies like you need to use a pixel 3 for selfies they're just incredible yeah right totally. yeah yeah i get it so that's kind of you know my take on these on the g7 moto of course you you played with them i haven't but it's kind of like Based on my past experience and what I've read, f living vicariously with all you folks, uh, I'm looking forward to getting one. And uh, yeah, it's giving. It's interesting to see these phones at that price point. You know, making you ask, well, should I spend the extra two or three hundred dollars to get a U20 or a OnePlus 60? In the same way as these phones make you think, should I spend an extra five hundred dollars on a Note Nine or, or uh, you know, Mate 20 or a Pixel 3 XL? Right? Yeah, totally. We live in a really strange, <laughs> a really time. strange. Where and then when you're spending thirteen hundred dollars on an iPhone, ten <laughs> S Mac. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. What do you think about it? Well, I, I, it's I, you know I it's, I think it's terrible. I I don't think I would this year. Like I bought the iPhone ten, the the original, because I felt it was like a, a leap forward in technology, but. I haven't bought an iPhone, and I don't get review notes from Apple, so I haven't bought an iPhone this year because honestly, if I had to buy one. If I had to replace my iPhone 10, if it broke tomorrow and I needed an iPhone, I'd buy a 10R in a heartbeat. I hear it's you. It's my favorite. I hear you. I, I, I kind of have a buyer's remorse for my, my 10S Max, especially when like, I, it, the camera's just nothing special. It's just sad. <laughs> exactly. 
And I think that the 10R takes better portraits because it has a single lens and it has to use that faster aperture, faster lens that it doesn't have to, it doesn't use the tele like the, the 10S and 10S Max. And because of that, it captures much better portraits in low light, even though the bokeh is more synthetic because it doesn't use a second camera to, to, to figure it out. And I feel like battery life's insane. The display, you know, it's not, no, it's not an OLED. The OLED is always going to win. But man, it's a good uh, IPS panel, just like the View 20 has an IPS. And it's such a good IPS panel. You know, I think, People shouldn't shouldn't get stuck up on that. I think, that, and then the colors, colors. I mean, come yeah. on. I want more uh, colors on phones. <laughs> Where are they? Yeah, right. That's the other thing I love with the View Twenty is that crazy blue I have, and then there's that crazy red. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're pretty hot. That those um, V's, that V shaped like thing going on. It's awesome. It's unique. It's different. They really did a nice job with that. I have an Oppo R17 Pro that I just received. I still need to uh, publish my unboxing video. And it's, um, in, you know how the, the Mate 20 Pro and the P20 Pro have that, there's that option for the, the twilight, you know, the, 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 the kind of like sunset color on the back. Okay. You know, you make, you know, there's yeah. a Mate 20 Pro version that looks like, you know, yeah, a yeah. purple to blue uh, shading yeah. thing. Yep. And the P20 Pro action, I think the P20 Pro did it even better before that. Well, guess what? The R17 from Oppo, R17 Pro has the same kind of gradient, but uh, instead of being like along the length of the phone, it's along the width of the phone. Interesting. And it carries over into the the chassis so one half the left side of the chassis is blue the right side is purple hmm. I, I haven't and, seen that and it's That's... frosted it's not shiny okay I, so I, it's I you know it's, it's it's kind of frosted like you know the white one plus six was frosted yeah yeah like slightly matte looking it didn't feel like Which it didn't feel like glass it just yeah. felt like plastic but it was glass yeah they've i think we're gonna see more and more funky colors and i know a lot of people end up putting them in a case and whatever but i'm just like you know, that's what I like about the 10R. It's like you get these choices of colors. It's very Apple, you know? Yeah. We, yeah. Need, we need to go back to that trend. And hopefully, like, companies will start to do more and more of that. Instead totally. of just, like, rose gold. <laughs> so you were at the briefing. You got a briefing in New York for the MediaPad M5 Lite from Huawei back in December before CES, right? Yes. What is your thoughts on that? Because I just unboxed it. I'll put the YouTube uh, link in my show notes, but I want to see what you think. You know, like iPad kind of wins for me in terms of tablet, right? I mean, if you're going to buy a tablet, might as well get the ecosystem that goes along with the tablet. But if you can't afford it, what do you think of the MediaPad M5 Lite? I think it's a great value. Um, it felt really good. It felt, I don't want to say ultra premium, but it felt pretty premium. Um, the display was nice. I think it's a great family tablet. Um, but for me, like I th what I thought was like the killer value proposition was the fact that it works with a stylus, right? Mm -hmm. Because like if you want an iPad Pro, it's going to cost you a fortune to get that pen right. to work with it. You know, it's doesn't just, the pen also work with a cheap iPad now? Um, I I'm pretty sure. Don't recall. <laughs> okay. Um, but th that which then changes the my value proposition statement. So um, <laughs> I think you can, but I'm not 100% sure. But I know that, you know, when they did an education event the a year or two ago, 
they introduced the pen support for the base iPad as well? Well, I do remember that they introduced it for like a 10 inch and the 12 inch. So like they gave it because originally it was just like the larger iPad, I believe. Um, and then they brought it down to the smaller iPad. But I don't think that there's a like the cheap budget iPad has support for it. But I, I yeah, I have to look at it. I don't know. This. I'm not I'm not yeah, an iPad user. Yeah. Um, Somebody please tell us on Twitter <laughs> when you get this podcast, you're like, you idiots. Yes, Seriously, yeah, know, how right? do you how can you be tech journalists and not know this? I know, and right? I, I'm, I'm looking forward ashamed. to your scorn and yeah. your corrections. Thank you very <laughs> much. We, we we deserved it this time. <laughs> Um, totally but, but I, okay, even with that said, like, I still think it's a really good value. I mean, it's like two ninety nine approximately. Um, and you're getting a great display. You're getting decent performance. Um, there's, it's got that parental control software on it too, which I think bring, gives it a lot of value, which is going back to what I said, it's, it's a really great family tablet. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, five years ago, there were so many family tablets. It was like everywhere you looked, someone else was coming out with like another Android tablet and it was it was too much, but now like there isn't too much of it. And like, if you want to get an iPad alternative, that's you want to, whether it's, you want to save money or you just like Android, there isn't that much out there now. True that. Yeah. And I like it's two ninety nine, and it comes with a pen in the box with it. No matter what, if you buy, if the, the base iPad supports a pen, it's an extra $99, no matter yeah. what, right? You're not going to get it in the box. It's expensive. So it's expensive. So I think if you can live without the great app ecosystem of the iPad, you're just doing like uh, content consumption, like watching Netflix or whatever, and you want to jot around a little bit with the pen, and you want a great device you can pass to your kids without them messing up your actual work stuff, because there's that really cool kids mode, and it's really easy to set up. I think this is a pretty decent tablet for the money. That's that's kind of my takeaway so far. I mean, on one hand, like iPad and iOS, their apps are definitely so much better on tablet than it is on Android. But then on the other hand, realistically, what are you doing mostly on your on the tablet? You're surfing the yeah. web, you're watching videos, you're watching Netflix, like you if probably if and maybe you're playing games, which you can probably get on both platforms. So I bet if you drill down to what people are really using the tablets for, the Huawei does more than enough. Absolutely. And I think, you know, really, you know, I think there is a there's definitely a um, an argument to be made for the iPad Pro because you know like there's all kinds of content creation apps for for you know people who are uh, artists and draw and paint and whatever and then there's also like all these great music apps if you're a DJ or if you're like a recording uh, a musician and you need uh, you know really good music apps there's a whole bunch of selections you can even edit really do pretty good video editing on iMovie on the iPad Pro, uh, and it's got quite a bit of oomph to support that, even up to 4K, right? But that's that's not the kind of use case that most people buy tablets for, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. The, the iPad Pro has really become a pro machine. <laughs> yeah. Gee, you think they would pick another name? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I think that's my point, is that it's like, um, if you're going to go into, to me, if you're going to get an iPad, you know, and really invest in the ecosystem of uh, of great apps, you're going to be a creative type and you're probably just going to buy a pro, right? Yeah. Um, and otherwise, just, you know, at the low end, buy a Fire tablet and be happy, right? At the, exactly. At, at that in-between, like, then you have to start considering, should I buy a base iPad, um, whether it has pen support or not, or and or should I look at something like the, the MediaPad M5 Lite? And that's kind of where I think it 
kind of stands out. It's like, well, it's affordable, comes with a pen, included for free, and a good kids mode, and it does pretty much everything you'd expect. The only thing that I, I wish it had, it, it has, it doesn't have is is uh, you know Android nine, so it's it's running eight. It's, it's Oreo still, so. Mm, I feel like on a, a tablet, deal. that's not such a big. Yeah, deal. probably doesn't matter, right? So and USB Type C, woohoo! Yeah, it's the little things. Little things. One charger rules to rule to rule them all. So that's kind of my take, and and I'm f- glad you feel the same way. I got at, you know at the briefing, I was kind of like, yeah, whatever, I don't really care. But then you know, I played with it a bit. And I was like, oh, this is not so. This is actually pretty okay. And then when they offered it to me, and I was like, yeah, I'll take it with me. Maybe I'll watch some Netflix on the plane or something. You know? Yeah, and it was a great display for the money. That's true. It's it's an IPS, but it's um pretty pretty bright and has pretty good color saturation, good blacks, all that stuff. So yeah, uh, tablets. I don't know. It's a tough sell for Android to have a you know tablet ecosystem. But at the same time, when you see stuff like that, you kind of go like, okay, this makes sense. So yeah. Um, let's see. There's a bunch of news items. I you've been following the Galaxy S10 rumors. There's more piling on every day. It exactly. It's starting to get overwhelming. It's like, oh, come on, guys. What's it gonna be? So the one that stood out for me this week, since we have to kind of like, might as well cover them since, you know, it's coming up real soon, um, is that the, the 10e, the kind of the cheaper model, the one that doesn't have the, 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 the screen that kind of has the, the, the curved edges that fall, like the waterfall type edges that we're used to on Samsung phones, the 10e will be more like, um, have bezel all the way around in a traditional sense. And, but it's a f- almost full screen phone it looks like it's going to be designed to compete with the iPhone XR. And what's interesting to me is that, you know, it looks like the the higher-end Samsung Galaxy S10s will have in-display fingerprint readers, uh, probably ultrasonic ones from Qualcomm, which is exciting because so far in-display fingerprint readers have been optical and they haven't really been that great. Um, but this 10e has the fingerprint sensor, according to a leak here, uh, I'll, I'll link to an article, it it will be on the side of the of the phone, kind of like embedded in the power button, like Sony's done in the past, like Moto's done in the past. Interesting little tidbit, huh? I think this is a really really smart move on Samsung's part because people don't need like it's y- they need to innovate and they need to be do they need to keep up with the Joneses, Joneses you know, like they need to have yeah. the in screen fingerprint reader. They need to like they've really kind of lagged behind lately, so they need to be innovating and catching up. But at the same time, most people. Do not give a crap. Right? Yeah, so and also if you're trying to compete with the 10R and maybe beat the 10R in price, right? With this, with this, um, this, this uh, 10E phone from Samsung, then it, why not? You know, like go for you save a bit of money and put a regular fingerprint reader in the power button. I don't think it's a bad idea. Yeah, I think I think it's a great idea, and I wouldn't be surprised if the if this S10E really does come out and it ends up being successful, especially if they can even. Price it more affordably than the XR. It's oh yeah, even better. I'm hoping. Let's see what happens. It'll be exciting. I mean, I I will say though, I'm a little bit hesitant when it comes to Samsung and budget phones because I feel like they're really great when it comes to the high end, not so great when it comes to the low end. Um, True. But hopefully, like this will this will gravitate more towards the high end. But don't forget that they do have a mid range um, 
a whole ecosystem of phones that are very well received in their markets. They're not sold in the US. I mean, maybe one of them is. It's the A series, right? So there's the A7, A8, A9, and A8 Plus and or A8S or whatever. They're all, they're all really quite high end in terms of their displays they were the first to introduce the hole punch they um they do a lot of testing of technology that ends up in the galaxy s series on the a series hmm. and but at a mid-range price like uh they have one that has uh, four cameras in the back Wow. It's an, the A9, I think. So my point is that we don't see those here. So of course, you know, you walk into the carrier store and you see the crappy Samsung, whatever it is, you know, um, prepaid phone, right? And it's crap. But, and then you've next to it, you have the Galaxy S series, right? Or the Note. But there's kind of no in between in the US much. Right. Whereas, you know, there's a J series, but that's pretty low end. I think the A series is 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 a series I wish we got to review and play with because I have a feeling that it's kind of like the Moto G, you know? It's it's kind of got a it's got a good following abroad and it's a bit of a sweet spot. If you want a Galaxy and you want to stay in the Samsung ecosystem and Siri and all that stuff, not Siri, Bixby and all that stuff that it might, you know, might be the might be the ticket. Yeah, no, I think this is definitely promising. Yeah, so I think the 10 the S10e is going to be a little higher end than the A series, but definitely kind of the budget end of the S series, which I think is really smart. I think it's going to be I I have a feeling you're right that it's going to be the best seller of the 3. Just like I think potentially the 10R might be the best seller right now. Do we really know? Um I feel like I've seen that, but then like Apple's been really secretive too lately, so who knows. Like they're they, I think yeah, you know, I know it is. When they have good news, they share the good news. <laughs> True. Yeah. Well, I mean, I will. I, I don't know. To me, I, I'm I'm pretty bullish on the on the 10R. I think the XR is a great phone, so I kind of want it to be do well. But uh, hey, I don't <laughs> I can't control that. So whatever. Um, other S10 news is uh, hello, hello, copycat. Uh, reverse wireless charging. Uh, it looks like the FCC documents that were filed for the S10 revealed that it has some sort of wireless charging and potentially might be able to be used as a reverse wireless charging. So uh, be able to charge other devices rather than be charged wirelessly, kind of like the Mate 20 Pro. Yes. Um, it's it's just so crazy how like Huawei has really become the innovator. I know, right? But they're not getting the credit. Um, I mean, a big part of that is because they can't release phones here in the US. Yeah, but right um but yeah like i'm sure you know for people in the u.s are going to be impressed with that or at least talk about it but yeah huawei did it it used to be samsung was the one who innovated it's just it's yeah. kind of crazy i think it's exciting i i'm I really like what huawei's been doing and i'm i can't wait to see what they're going to do with the p30 which oh, hopefully we'll see at mwc right me too um if huawei if you're listening it needs to take. It needs to have the Mate Twenty Pro in most areas. It's optics, but please copy the selfies and the portraits from the Pixel. <laughs> that that is Definitely. all. That is what and I'm then, looking for. And give us a better finger in display fingerprint reader, like ultrasonic one, because uh, the the optical ones are ugh, problematic right, well, at best. Well, now if we're going off on a tangent, one more thing for the Mate Twenty Pro. Sure, go for it. Uh, I don't like curved edges. Yeah, neither I'm, I'm not a big fan either. That that was I mean, it makes the phone narrow, which I really enjoy. But right. other than that It's pretty and it's nice to hold, but it's an I find that annoying. I'd rather just have a wider display with more real estate that's like not bent. <laughs> I don't like bent real estate. Yeah. 
I agree. Uh, also, there's always some kind of weird optical aberration, some kind of weird, you know, like weird banding and stuff happening at those edges, which I don't like. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. An, I think I, th I think they implemented it really well. Um, it's a beautiful phone, um, but I could do without it for the next the next P series version. Yeah. yeah. Well, the Mate and the P are very different, um, and true. I think the P might stick with a more traditional design. Uh, probably a hole punch, honestly, but with an OLED, which will be really interesting. Um, so speaking of more Samsung rumors, cause I know that we're going to get about five a day for the next week, <laughs> yeah. uh, folding phone teaser They're they're They have a little video that they posted that teases their folding phone. Um, uh, I mean, of course, right. <laughs> I, we knew this was coming. <laughs> right. I mean, it's like, I'm just, we're just letting you know it exists in case you missed it at this point. Like, right. If it's not obvious to you that a big chunk of the press conference in San Francisco is going to be dedicated to the folding phone, then, uh, you know, you should reevaluate your priorities. Yeah. Right. Um, I'm, I'm just curious, you know, to see how well this is going to be implemented when it, when, like when it finally rolls out on stage, because all the, like the foldable phones that we've seen so far, I mean, there was that one at, at CES, the, the Royale. I, I don't even know how they pronounce it. Oh, yeah, the that. Royale, yeah. Yeah. That was, it was cute. I mean, like when I was playing with it, it was actually a lot more fun than I expected it to be, but it was still bulky as hell. I mean, it didn't fold, like it folded into something that was thicker than an inch by like maybe an inch and a half. It was just not pocketable. And I think they just did it to be first. You know, I don't think this is a product that don't, we'd want to buy, but I have a feeling that, you know, Huawei and Samsung and others in this space could implement something that is more realistically usable, right? Well, that's what I'm hoping for. But Me then too. you think of like a first generation device, first generation is always just so wonky and it kind of gives me a little bit of not as much faith. Um, yeah. I'm just, I'm really hoping, I'm really excited for something that's like slim and makes sense and something that you want to use and put in your pocket. Um, and what was it? The, the ZTE? Oh my God, it just totally flew out of my head. But oh, the watch the Axon, from IFA? No, no, no. The ZTE Axon M. Oh, M. The Axon yes. M, the dual display one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, they, I mean, I, you got to give them tons of credit for coming out with like really the first foldable smartphone but it wasn't and it was actually it was a pretty nice phone but it wasn't practical like yeah. it was just a little too bulky um a little too fragile um that you you it and under spec it came out with an 821 and the displays were were 16 by 9 instead of 18 by 9 right? there was a lot of bezel and it's basically by the time AT&T approved that phone and we finally got it in the US it was basically about a year old technology you know right and that's what I'm afraid of. I don't like that would be so disappointing if we got something similar like that from Samsung. Yeah. Um, I don't think we'll get that. I think it'll be probably a little bit pie in the sky. We'll still scratch our heads about how useful it is to have a device that turns from tablet to uh, to phone and especially running Android since, you know, there's no tablet ecosystem that we to speak of. But it'll be cool and the nerds will love it and they might sell a few and, you know, eventually they'll refine the, system, the process and it'll become a, a good thing, you know, I, I think. Hopefully. Yeah. Or it'll be, a com it'll be like 3D TVs and it'll be like, yeah, it never happened. <laughs> <laughs> right. These are not the droids you're looking exactly. for. Exactly. <laughs> um, and then speaking of um, 
of that. I think that uh, of of MWC related rumors and and uh, you know is is that LG's G8, which is obviously the next logical phone they're going to be launching, which they're definitely going to be launching at MWC. In addition to the teaser we had a few weeks ago of them having like some sort of like gesture-based thing where you can hover over the phone with your hand and make it do stuff, which has been done before and is not really that exciting. We're now finding out that in, in order to make that happen, obviously, they're going to have a time-of-flight selfie camera, basically a Face ID type sensor in the, in the, in the front of the phone, very much like what we've seen on, on iPhones. Uh, and on uh, on the Oppo Find X, which was the first Android phone with the time of flight selfie cam. And of course, since then, the Mate 20 Pro, which uses a Face ID-like sensor for uh, for depth. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, if this is a new implementation of time of flight or if it's like, you know, what we've already seen on other phones just crammed into a G8. Uh, I mean, I have a feeling that LG will push the envelope and this might be... Uh, not just for face authentication, but for gesture recognition that they've been talking about, and also for probably for depth sensing for for portraits, which, you know, back to what you were saying about, I, I wish phones were, all phones, you know, at least flagships took portraits as well as the, the Pixel 3 and the, uh, and, uh, you know, and well, I guess that's the the only Pixel 3 is really the, the player here, in my opinion, that that, you know, it'd be nice to have another option, right? Yeah. And that's what yeah. we need. <laughs> we need more selfie-capable yes. phones. Priorities. Priorities. Um, so let's see what happens. I, I'm excited to see... Um, I really am excited to see what LG is going to bring to the table. I really love their phones. I The G7 last year was pretty solid. The V40 is one of my favorites of last year. Um, despite yeah. it kind of getting you know, destroyed a little bit in terms of... It kind of came out at the beginning of that October phone apocalypse and quickly like lost steam because of it right right yeah it was it was a very very highly competitive time to release a phone um it's like it's like oh we have great optics and then wait wait look who just came out and then another one and then another one and then another one you know um (laughs) so it's 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 hard um but i do i do i feel like lg like i feel like they can they really are good when they innovate and they come out and they really they really come out with like really cool like they do things really well, um, and then but sometimes they have phone announcements that aren't as dynamic. Um, so it'll be interesting to see which way they go for this for this one. Is you know as far as design, I'd like to see them um, beef things up because like yeah. that's been my one of my biggest problems with like the L, the, the V40 and the G7, both really solid phones, but like the design was just really uninspiring for a flagship. Um, I agree and. It wasn't that it's not attractive. It's an attractive, sleek phone. It's just I wanted more from them, and especially when these, you know, I'm what was it, the LG G5 with the leather, you know, the leather cover. Like that was a G4. G4. Okay, so like they they know how to be innovative in that space, and they've done some really fun, wacky things. I love the G4. Um, it was a great phone. So I, I'd like to see more of that, just design wise. Like, and maybe that means bringing a really cool gradient, like like copy a little bit from the other guys if you need to. Um, but just it's it's again the design the current design scheme is a little too bland for me, and that's something I want to see from them. Yeah, you're right. That's it's true. It's been very conservative uh, in terms of design. It's not ugly or anything. It's just kind of like meh. It could be anything. Yeah, forgettable. I, I, I was sitting with a bunch of journalists, and I, I, we had like I think it was like the V40, and I can't remember which other phones, and all of us got confused. We didn't know it was an LG V40. 
And I think, <laughs> I think that speaks a lot. Like, for, like we should have been able to identify it in, a, in like a split second. I agree. hundred percent. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think, uh, I think it'll be interesting to see, uh, to see what they bring. I'm, I'm hoping for something a little more interesting, like, um, you know, new materials, new designs, um, you know, kind of Apple has its design language and even Huawei to some extent has its design language and definitely Samsung has it, you know, come on, LG, give us something meaty that we can sink our teeth into here. Exactly. And we know they can because they have. Oh, the of course they can. I mean, and, and, and don't do it in an awkward, weird way. Like you did the G5 with the modular. It was such a disaster. That phone, yeah. I, I felt so bad about it. Thankfully the G6 redeemed itself and the G7 as well. Right. But the G6, I felt in design was, was more, way more creative than the G7. You know, it was the first 18 by 9 phone on the market, first of all. And secondly, I just love how the bezel on the front, if you had the white one, was white. Like, I, I kind of like it when phones are not, like, have a front that's not black around, you know, Yeah, and screen. yet no one does that. It stands out. Yeah, it's I mean, different. not enough. Not, not no one, but it's, you don't see that enough. It don't, you don't see that very often. Yeah. It used to be very commonplace, and LG used to do it all the time back in the 16 by 9 large bezel days. And it looked striking. You'd be like, oh, look at this phone. It's got a white bezel. And Apple does it on their older phones, like the 7 and the 6 and the 8. They have the, the big bezel that's white if you buy a, you know, a white phone. I agree with you. Instead of a black. I kind of like it. I it's, think it, it's disjointing, like a black frame and then, like, and then the white yeah, back. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Interesting. So then there's a couple of articles uh, that came out this week about OnePlus. Um, of course, uh, OnePlus is going to be MWC, and supposedly they're going to show a 5G prototype of their phone. If you remember, uh, you, Elena, you were at uh, the Qualcomm thing in Hawaii with us, right? Yes. So you remember how OnePlus was up there on stage all gung-ho about being one of the first to make a 5G phone for 2019? Yeah. yeah. Well... The news is there'll be a prototype at MWC. I'm kind of looking forward to that one. Uh, well, I, do we know what the networks are like over there? <laughs> do they have 5G over there? I don't know. That doesn't matter because they will probably have like temporary like 5G like temporary at MWC. OG. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. OG. Um, I don't know. I, I, for me, it's like I'm, ex I'm excited for a prototype. I hope it looks just like their other phones and there's not like it's not very different. But I'm so skeptical just because... The only 5G demo I've seen, it was in such a controlled environment. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, uh, if you even want to call that a demo, I had a big yeah. rant about that on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm like, okay, it's exciting, but I can't use it. So I don't know how excited I am yet. I'm always, I'm not so in, in, interested, honestly, in seeing 5G actually happen on the phone, like speeds or whatever. I don't care. I know that's achievable and that's fine. And it's only going to affect so few people because you need the networks to roll out and whatever. What I'm more interested to see is what they do in terms of design to make it look like, you know how 4G, first 4G phones had terrible battery life and were bulky and mm. thick. And like, I want to, I'm hoping that we can, the first round of 5G devices at MWC, like not devices that are hotspots, like real like phones are you know, close to as sexy looking as what we're used to with 4G today. So that's interesting because I'm just expecting them to look just like 4G. I, I, I know the history has, has proven us otherwise. <laughs> like you said, like when we, you know, you jump to the different, like when you jump to 4G, the early handsets, they were, you know, bulkier. But for some reason, I just assume that 
5G was going to be different. <laughs> I don't know if that's me being very um, too too optimistic, but we'll see. I guess that that'll be it. I, that is a very good point. And now I'm actually pretty curious to see what what the prototype looks like. Well, that's exactly kind of why I think this is exciting, and also is building up hype for for OnePlus. And you know, they they've grown so much this past year as a company; it's kind of insane. And in fact, you know, the second part of this OnePlus news is that they are now the t- in the top five, uh, ranked in the top five phones in the U.S., which is kind of in- insane if you think about it. So I got that press release too. Um, to me, it was like the top five premium phones or so- yeah, something. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. So but if you think about it, though, the US is built on premium phones. Like, people, who do you know buys a G-series phone here? Okay, that's a valid point. So I'm point like, I, we love the G-series from Moto. We talked about it for 25 minutes. It's important, but is it really important in the US market? I don't think so. I think that in the US, everybody just walks into a carrier store and just buys a phone and puts it on a monthly plan and don't, doesn't think about how much money they just spent. Mm, you're you've totally got a valid point there. i mean it's 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 i'm not saying it's the right decision i'm not saying it's the wisest decision but it seems to be what people are doing continuously uh, you've got a valid point I, I but i mean there there is there are a lot of budget phones being sold even here i don't know i just feel like that skews the it's still impressive the fact that they're in the top five even if it's just for premium that's still amazing especially when all these much bigger companies are struggling um, so I definitely will say it's it's impressive. I'm just, I don't know. Yeah, I'm just. It just proves uh, to me that having a carrier agreement does make a difference. Oh, for sure. In the U.S., it absolutely yeah. does. And so, I don't know. I think it's interesting. Um, and you know, I wish them luck. I I I hope that they can maintain that kind of that edginess that they have as a kind of like a a, a player and that undercutting of the big boys that they've had for a while. And that they don't just become another mainstream boring right. thing, you know? Yeah. yeah, I've been thinking about that too, because I just feel like, yeah, it's like once you start sleeping with the devil, right? <laughs> How does that affect you, right? <laughs> totally. Um, yeah, well, we'll yeah. see. We'll see what happens with them. So the last little bit, and I only put this in there because we kind of talked about it with Jaime last week. Um, uh, you know, Oppo, Vivo, OnePlus, they're all part of BBK, a bigger company. They have a lot of autonomy, but they do share some technologies. And this V15 Pro that we talked about last week that was rumored to come out has now become a little more official. This is a Vivo V15 Pro. Um, and it announced the phone and that it features a 32 megapixel pop-up selfie camera that's electric. So it's like the, um, the Oppo, uh, not Oppo, the Vivo Next that they did uh, in the summer where you know there's an electric front camera that comes out of the edge of the top edge of the phone um, and it's of course got a full screen display with no bezel because of it but they went crazy and put instead of like a 5 megapixel or 8 megapixel or whatever was in the original they put a 32 in there and it's got a triple camera system in the back according to the photos wow I Peek-a-boo. mean, <laughs> yeah, right. It's it's crazy, and this is mostly uh, the the ad for it was for the Indian market. So you know, India is very price sensitive, even though they are a huge market and they tend to buy more and more expensive phones now. But it means that this price has to be the price on this has to be pretty damn great. So I'm kind of excited to see a phone with a motorized selfie camera with a 32 megapixel sensor, even though hopefully it doesn't mean anything as we know, pixel count, but it could be interesting if it's done right. And that it has a triple camera system in the back. 
Yeah, I mean, the specs definitely on paper sound very impressive. But to me, like this whole pop-up thing just is so ridiculous. <laughs> it is ridiculous, but that's kind of why I love it. It's like, you know, I, you got to like the fact that we have this kind of weird... Uh, you know, proliferation of odd form factors to all be the first to have a full screen phone, you know? Oh, I, I definitely, I, it keeps things spicy. So I, I, I'm glad that they're doing it. <laughs> yeah. um, would I ever buy a phone like that, even if I was overseas? No. <laughs> I'm just like, just give me a hole punch and call it a day. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm 100% on board with that. Less moving parts, less things they can break. You can make it water resistant if you have to, all that good stuff. And, you know, honestly, I'm just excited because these are China, China or India phones. They're not going to make it to the US. And I just like, if, you know, if they send me a review unit, like they sent me the Oppo R17 Pro to play with, I'm, I'm on board. Like, I want to try them out. I want to see what it's like, you know? So I, I do keep an eye on these Chinese phones because I think they tell us a little bit about where the where things are going and you know they're a little whack a doodly you know yeah. if, if and that's kind of fun it brings a bit of fun to the table i agree i hear it. it's it's it kind of makes you feel like inspector gadget like you're having it's it's like they're toys <laughs> why can't it i know it's google explain gadget that. selfie pop-up so, camera yeah exactly yeah <laughs> yeah so good uh, oh, you know, there's another piece of news that I want to throw in here that you might have something to say about. Um, Eero got purchased by Amazon. Eero, the mesh router startup from the Bay Area oh, wow. here. Uh, that just dropped this morning. And I was just like, oh, maybe yesterday. I think it was yesterday. But the point is that it's like, you know, how close are we to having Amazon Echo speakers that cost, you know, 30 bucks that are also mesh Wi-Fi routers in every room? It's the beginning of the end, or maybe it is, right? it's the end of the beginning. I'm not sure. <laughs> and you know that obviously Google has Google Wi-Fi and they have Google Home, and it's also only a matter of time till they merge the two. In every room, you have a speaker that's also a Wi-Fi, uh, like a Wi-Fi router, mesh router, and it's just it just makes sense to me. I mean, I, I I'm sitting here with Google and. And Alexa listening, and who else knows who's listening? Who knows, Cortana, right? yeah, and Bixby, yeah, and Siri, and you got them all now. Yeah, they're all listening, and 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 we know it. Um, and Facebook, and so like you know, conspiracies aside, it's this still creeps me out <laughs> because like <laughs> this this gives them like a whole other level of access to us. Um, I mean, it's it's crazy. I mean, how much we're, we're becoming more and more reliant on Amazon. It's it's scary. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the news for the week. And, and uh, you know, I, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to MWC. I think we're going to see some cool stuff. It's always a fun show. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm also looking forward to seeing you there. I'm, I'm, I'm sure that we'll run into each other at some point. Of course. Um, you can't get rid of me so easily. <laughs> <laughs> You're but, supposed to do that with an evil laugh. Uh, at the oh, end. yeah, I know, right? I, I got to practice my cackle a little bit more. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I am I, very excited for at least the first day and a half. And I suspect that after the first day and a half, it's just going to kind of slow down the news stories. And, you know, it usually just moves into the enterprise stuff, which personally i'm not as interested in um no. but and the other thing i'm interested in is to see how much of samsung's announcement will affect the annou announcements happening just a few days later at mwc so that'll be interesting this year yeah we'll see how they adjust if they adjust and how quickly they adjust right yeah i feel i feel i feel bad 
for any company. And on the, and on the other hand, like this is actually, it gives the opportunity to, for like LG and, and whoever else to actually steal the show. Totally. But you know, it's interesting to me because every few years this happens where they, some big company does a lot launch at MWC, like Samsung or LG or both. And they do it either before or after and kind of mess up the entire flow in a way. I mean, I do kind of like it better when everybody launches at MWC somehow. Yeah. It, but it ha it's been a while since I think everybody was on that same page. True. Yeah, it's been a while. Well, we'll see. And obviously, we'll be there to report and let you know what the dealio is with everything. Um, so speaking of, do you want to tell people where on the internet they can find you so that they can follow all your MWC coverage? Yes. Well, please head to geekspin.co, not .com. Um, we're also <laughs> on Twitter and on Instagram as geekspinco. And .co, you got it. Where can people find you if they want to follow you specifically? I am Helena Stone on Twitter and Helena T. Stone on Instagram. Woohoo, Instagram. Yay. Good, lots of good stuff there. Um, follow Helena. She's fun. Lots of uh, great uh, insights and content. Uh, and Geekspin is great. And I write for Geekspin sometimes. So, uh, you know, keep an eye out for my reviews there. I, I last reviewed the OnePlus 6T. So if you need your OnePlus 6T review fix, Go check it out on geekspin.co. Um, you know where to find me on the internet. I'm at Tankerl. That's T-N-K-G-R-L. That's on my Twitter and Instagram handles. Like Tankerl, the comic book without the vowels. And uh, I have a YouTube channel that goes as a compliment to this podcast. It's called the Mobile Tech Podcast channel. And it's under my name on YouTube. YouTube.com slash Miriam Jouar. Spell out my full name and you'll get to it. Uh, check it out. Subscribe. Tell your friends. Uh, watch the videos. They're mostly unboxing, hands-on, that kind of stuff. I'll have a whole series of videos that I'll be making at MWC uh, to go along with a couple of podcasts I'm hoping to do on site. Um, so, you know, if you want the kind of like the early access, basically, to the stories that I'm going to be discussing on the show, check out the channel. And of course, if you just happen to stumble upon this podcast uh, this week, uh, mobiletechpodcast.com is the URL. You can uh, find the RSS feed there. But I'm also on all the big platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Overcast, even TuneIn Radio. So you have no excuse to not uh, subscribe and sign up and, and uh, tell your friends and all that good stuff. Uh, and before we go, I just want to quickly thank our sponsor, Audible. Audible.com is where it's at for audiobooks. And if you really like reading but for some reason you can't because you're driving or uh you know you uh your eyes are tired or whatever audible is really a good place to go they have a really good selection read by really great uh narrators and uh i just think it's uh, pretty awesome i use it myself i i you know recommend you sign up with the link in the show notes and i'm going to give you the url in a second uh because then you'll get the 30-day free trial and uh you know if you if you do uh, actually uh, subscribe to Audible, you'll help the podcast along. So um, the the link is audibletrial.com slash mobile tech. That's audibletrial.com slash mobile tech. Check it out. Thanks to uh, Audible for sponsoring us for many, many um, years now. So I uh, appreciate it and uh, give them some love if you're not already a customer and you're looking to become one. Um, that's basically it for the show. Thanks so much, Elena, for being on. Much appreciated. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, and uh, uh, we'll be at both be at MWC giving you lots of coverage. So stay tuned to both uh, geekspin.co and uh, mobile tech podcast here. 
for more coverage. All right, everyone, I'll catch you next week with another show. Cheers. This has been the Mobile Tech Podcast with Tank Girl, proudly presented by worldpodcasts.com. You can visit us online at mobiletechpodcast.com.